0: Welcome to the Pro Economy Podcast, where we discuss water quality with industry experts. So please check us out at www.proeconomy.com, where you can find out more about our Orca copper and silver ionization system for the control of disease-causing bacteria, such as Legionella and pseudonomas. If water hygiene is an issue, then please
1: reach out. We hope you enjoy Well, hello, um, I'd like to introduce Matt Moors from Dragonfly Water Consulting and Chairman of the LCA to this month's Pro Economy Podcast. I'm Sonia King. Um, so I'm gonna start by asking you a few questions about yourself, if that's okay, Matt. Okay. Um, I'd like you to tell me about your experience in the industry, really. What gave you the qualifications to kind of get where you are today?
0: Right, well, I started off more years ago than I, I want to admit <clears throat> as a graduate trainee. So I came up through one of the, the larger water treatment companies as a graduate trainee doing their internal training, which is one of the things which sort of disappeared a bit from the industry now. It's, it's not so much the norm, but back in those days, internal training courses, external people coming in and training us, got a lot of experience and um, developed knowledge from that um, and really went out and did the job. So I was a water treatment engineer, I filled bottles, I tested closed water systems, um, I looked at cooling towers, all, all sorts. But right from the very beginning, I was always quite interested in my own CPD. So I, I sort of pushed to go to conferences, go on training courses, further my knowledge, that sort of thing. And that kind of led into being, um, I, I, took a, I didn't take a step forward. Everybody else failed to take a, a step forward and took a step back. So I ended up being pushed forward as the BACS representative, for the company I worked for at the time. Now, BACS is the trade association for chemical companies involved in things like water treatment and cooling towers. So they had a water treatment group, which I was put forward into, and I sat on that for a number of years. Still do sit on that that group. And one of the things that came out of that was I got involved in the group that rewrote uh, L8, 2001, came up with a late 2013, um, and created HSE 274. So I was involved in the authoring of that. And uh, from there, I sort of developed my role within the company I was working for and, and became the technical lead for the field force. So all of the, the field staff, I was the sort of the technical, the rep, um, and was also involved in things like research and development, selecting products for the company, that type of thing. Um, so BAX is one of the organizations that inputs into the LCA. So the LCA has four uh, committee members that are elected from BACS. So I I was able to go for one of those positions. I put myself forward. It was a competitive vote. Uh, I think six people stood for four places, and I was one of the people that was selected. So I became a, a member of the chair. Uh, sorry, member of the LCA management committee. A few years later on from there, I became the honorary secretary of the management committee, then the publicity officer, and then a few years ago, I became vice chair and then vice chair um, automatically feeds into chairman's role.
1: Brilliant, so you're now the chairman of the Legionnaire Association, um, that's brilliant. So how can you, get I mean can you give me a little bit of history regarding the LCA?
0: Yep, um, the LCA started nearly 20 years ago, it'll be our 20th year next year. Uh, it really came out of a, a series of outbreaks of Legionnaire's disease in Corby between 96 and 98 and from the back of that there were there were various questions asked in Parliament and the HSE held a series of, of open meetings with water treatment companies and effectively what they said was you need to shape up and self-regulate or we'll regulate you. Uh, so the two main organisations of the day the Water Management Society and the British Association of Chemical Specialities, BACS um, they drafted a Code of Conduct. So the Code of Conduct was a, a wish list of what they wanted water treatment companies to to do the standards they wanted them to adhere to then the the LCA was founded to administer that, so they were founded originally as the Code of Conduct Association changed the name to the LCA a a few years later and uh, members agreed to follow the code and uh, have management procedures to make sure that they they do what we say they need to do which should ensure a good outcome Okay, brilliant
1: I mean, in terms of businesses, if um if a company were looking to become a member of the LCA, I mean, I mean, what do you perceive the function of the LCA to be? I know you said about the code of conduct, but for, I suppose looking at the end user for the client, what do they get out of it?
0: Well, when you say end user, I mean, presumably you're talking about the service user, the people at the end of the chain. That's right, yeah. Yeah, well, what the LCA does is it sets management standards for companies and audits those companies to, to make sure that they're actually adhering to those standards and they're doing what they say they do. And for the end user, what they get is a company which has procedures in place that have been audited. And those procedures mean that the end user can be as sure as they can be that the company is able to deliver a good job. And we have a buyer's guide on our website which tells end users how they should deal with member companies and the sorts of things they should expect. And one of those things that they expect is is things like competence assessments. So any LCA member should have a competence assessment for each of their field staff any end user should be able to request their competence assessment and be able to see that they've been assessed in accordance with the LCA standards um, for assessing competence.
1: Okay, brilliant. So so what uh, would you say the auditing process for, for new applicants would be?
0: Well, we start off, they look at their own internal procedures and they need to document those. They need to write down the procedures that they do to get from an incoming inquiry to a completed job, product, contract, whatever. So it's things like scoping a service, it's surveying to get the right information to make sure that they've got um, what they need to design something that's compliant. And it's all about management procedure, so it's about having it all laid down and documented. So if the person that's doing it one day happens to disappear from the company and somebody else comes in, the outcome would be the same. So it's, it's the company's approved way of doing something. So that's, that's what they need to do to begin with. So they write those procedures. So They need to tie those procedures together in something we call a statement of compliance. So it's just a written statement to say, we comply with the LCA commitment X, Y, and Z because we do this and this is our procedure. Once they've got that, um, they need to do uh, competence assessments. That's one of the things that we require. So this is shadowing uh, or watching their own employees do, do certain tasks and making sure that they're competent to do those tasks. So it's not training, it's competence. And uh, we require them to have done that, and we require them to send one example through to us for the initial check, just to make sure that the process is is okay. We'll look at all of them in due course. Uh, We also ask them to do an internal audit, so to audit their own internal processes for compliance with the LCA requirements and send us that. So we get those three things. Um, We send that to uh, an LCA assessor. The assessor will review it and either reject it with comments if it's not quite good enough or they will uh, approve it and the applicant will become a temporary member and we will go and do an assessment on them within a couple of months and actually drill down uh, and look at real-world evidence as to their procedures being followed.
1: Brilliant. So just looking at it, I suppose if they've they've joined and perhaps they don't um, fulfil their requirements, let's say. So do companies ever get removed from the LCA list?
0: Yes, the stuff yes. <laughs> um, quite often. Um, it, it wouldn't really be an organisation that had any teeth if we didn't have some sort of sanction. And the only sanction we really have is to throw people out or suspend people. So just for example, yesterday uh, we suspended uh, six people from the website and the day before we did another one. So you know, that's seven in the last few days. And one of those was a very large multinational company. So It's applied equally to everybody. If they contravene the rules, then they they don't get to be members.
1: So what do you class as a misdemeanour then?
0: Um, Well, you get lots and lots of minor things, and those are things which wouldn't lead to somebody being thrown off immediately, but they have a timescale to improve those things. And that's normally a three-month timescale for a standard non-conformance. Could be less. But really, if, if a company is disregarding its own procedures, if they're not doing what they say they're going to do, um, if they're if they're swinging the lead, um, then that's that's really the situation where they're going to have their membership suspended and, and eventually removed.
1: So how do how, I mean? How often do auditors visit the sites? I mean, do you carry out impromptu, unscheduled visits?
0: Yeah, we do. Um, the The main audit is an annual audit. If we have any reason to doubt um, the member during during the intervening time between audits, for example, if a complaint comes in, we will nine times out of ten do a, uh, an audit to investigate the complaint. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's impromptu. We don't have the sort of um, official badge of something like the HSE. We can't rock up on site, knock on the door and demand to see the documents. We, we do have to sort of arrange these things in advance. But uh, we do, if we have specific intelligence about issues with a, with a member, we will go and look at those as the evidence for the audit. So when we do auditing, we look at a sample of evidence. If we have a complaint or we have intelligence that certain issues are going on with a member, we will drill down and look at that specific evidence.
1: Brilliant. So um, I've got to ask this question. Uh, you've come under fire recently regarding um, some service providers. Um, I mean, more, most recently on LinkedIn, there's um, some comments like, I think, it's time the people in the industry got together, gave their views as an alternative to the LCA. Um, question is, Is the, are the LCA doing enough? And uh, could we establish a contractors' association? I mean, the fact that they said we have to take the initiative in pushing Legionella compliance to the top of the agenda. I mean, do you have any feedback on this?
0: Not directly, no. I mean, the one thing we have done very recently is we've just had an election for um, independent members of uh, the management committee. Now, none of those critics that are on LinkedIn have put themselves forwards, and some of these are eligible people, their members, member companies. They haven't engaged with the, with the process, so they're not, you know, they're saying they want to do something to push it to the fore, but they're not. So you've got to look at the motivation behind some of these things. I mean, to my mind, some of these people are justifying why they don't have membership, or you know, why they're, they're better than membership um, when, in some cases, they they might not be able to attain it. Um, so some have other agendas. And a lot of these people don't really understand what the LCA does. It's a very transparent organisation. Everything's on the website. Everything's there and, and open to scrutiny. Um, if they were to read it, they might get a, a slightly better understanding.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen the matrix, obviously ourselves uh, at Pro Economy, Um and it does seem to be quite a good basis in which to to work to. So the fact that you've obviously got a, a body there that's been around established for a number of years. Um, you think if, if anything, I suppose you'd look to see what improvements you could make, and work with people in the industry to see what other positive feedback. Um, well, sorry, posit- what feedback people have, and then looking at um, yeah, well, kind of the best possible outcome for everybody.
0: Yeah, and there is there is also a trade association that exists already. I mean, the UK Water Treatment Association does exist. Why not get involved with that if you want a contractors' association? It's um, there's no point reinventing the wheel for the sake of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how do you see the future of the LCA? I mean, do you see uh, the, the current model continuing as it is? Um, do you see do you see a lot more growth at the moment?
0: Well, we don't exist to gather members. That's not a goal of the organisation. Um, but having said that, the membership has grown and grown and grown year on year. Uh, one thing we have looked at always, from the very beginning, is tightening up on standards, tightening up on auditing. Initially, we asked for people to commit to a a service standard without necessarily auditing them to the desktop, uh, and then we went to a a three-yearly audit, then a two-yearly audit, and now we're on annual auditing. So there is the possibility that auditing could become more frequent, and we're also looking at restructuring auditing, so uh, more use of intelligence to lead the audits, looking at specific things that lots of members are failing on and, and drilling down into those.
1: Brilliant. Okay, do you have any additional comments or things you'd like to add?
0: Yeah, I mean, the the way in which the, the, the wider world understands what the LCA does, it, it, they do tend to try and hang their hat on the fact that because you have an LCA membership, you are a competent company and every single one of your employees will be competent and every piece of output you do will be wonderful, which is not really true in the real world. In the real world, what we have is a, a set of management systems That mean a company has the ability to do something well. It doesn't necessarily guarantee quality control. That's that's really the the role of the member themselves in their own internal auditing and and applying those processes. So for end users, really the the key is to ask for the competence assessments for the people that are actually coming to your site uh, and make sure that those are are suitable for the jobs they're doing, which is the the management framework that we, we give members.
1: Okay, that's brilliant. Well, I'd like to thank uh, Matthew Morse from Dragonfly Water Consulting Consulting, and Chairman of the LCA for coming into Programming Offices today to our podcast. It's been lovely to see you. Um, Thanks very much. Thank you.